When were the... What schools... Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. Hey, I'm Jesse Dukes at Curious City, and I have a question for you. Have you gone swimming in the lake lately? If so, do you know about the Lake Michigan shark attack of 1955? Yeah, you heard me. Shark attack. Our questioner, Hillary Winars, wants to know if it's a true story or urban legend. Can we please get a final ruling on whether or not one young George Lawson was actually attacked by a shark in Lake Michigan in 1955 or not? It sounds unbelievable. Sharks are saltwater animals, right? The lake is freshwater. But the story is actually in the Global Shark Attack File, a database maintained by the nonprofit Shark Research Institute. It says a bull shark attacked Lawson without provocation. Would you like it to be true? I would, actually. I think it would be really... I mean, he lived, so it's not terribly tragic. But yeah, I, I, I kind of would. And I have to admit, a part of me wants it to be true, too. Not the part about a boy getting attacked, but I want to believe that a shark could make its merry way through thousands of miles of rivers into Lake Michigan. The world would just be that much more strange and wonderful. And scary. So I became a detective. I searched through archives, cold-called strangers, ran down clues, and talked to experts about whether a shark could even get to Lake Michigan. My first clue was the names. The alleged victim, George Lawson, and his rescuer, John Adler. I found and tracked down a handful of people with those names in the area, and long story short, dead end. The next step, find the original source of the story. The shark database listed its source as, quote, F. Dennis, page 52. Google led me to a book called Man-Eating Sharks, published in 1975 and edited by Felix Dennis. A quote from the book. Rescuer John Adler, who hauled the boy, minus most of his right leg, into a boat, said, quote, I just couldn't believe it, but I had to believe what I I saw. wanted to know where this Felix Dennis got that from, so I went looking for him. Turns out he's a British multimillionaire. He founded Maxim Magazine and PC World, among other titles. He's famous for anticipating trends and hustling to publish something just ahead of the competition. And unfortunately, he died last year. But I do have a friend in the UK who was willing to help us get in touch with his estate. My name's Emily Chornock. I'm calling on behalf of a radio show. And it worked. The estate put me in touch with one of the authors of Man-Eating Sharks, Christopher Rowley. He spoke to me over a fuzzy phone line in upstate New York. Squirrels bite the wires around here. (laughs) Rowley explained that back in 75, the movie Jaws had just made a huge splash. Hoping to capitalize, Felix Dennis hired three freelance writers, including Rowley, to throw together a picture book about sharks. Fast. We had a, a very short window, myself and two friends, Roger and Duncan, and it was just basically get down to the library and work like little beavers in there to um, pick up all the shark attack information we could gather in like about five weeks. I read Rowley the Lake Michigan bull shark story to refresh his memory. Yeah, that's that, now I'm remembering actually. That, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he says he I can't remember where they got the story from. Maybe you were a little confused about your geography, and maybe there was another town that had a similar name to Chicago. Mm, Any no, chance you could have confused Chicago? I, I, I can assure you that at that point, no. <laughs> right. Well, my, my geography is pretty solid. However, Rolly admitted they may have made a few things up. Yep, 
In those days, Felix Dennis was more concerned with speed than accuracy. But Rowley doesn't think they made up the Lake Michigan story. The details are just too vivid. So all that tells us is that there may or may not be another source of the story out there. So, another approach. What about somebody who really knows Lake Michigan? I wanted to know, like, so in all that time surfing and swimming, have you ever heard of a shark in Lake Michigan? No. I, you know, another thing that I've encountered is uh, beavers. Oh. Like, like some big beavers. Definitely don't want to get too close to one, anything that could take a bite out of you. Dave Benjamin of the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. He's a surfer who teaches people about water safety. And he said a lot of people have heard of the alleged shark. Every time we do elementary school presentations, they always ask if a bull shark can live in Lake Michigan. What do you tell them? We, we tell them no, that we haven't heard of any incidences, but they'll keep asking. They'll, they'll, the next kid will be up, are you sure? It's what I wondered, too. Can ocean sharks live in the lake? I would say probably not. Phil Willink is the senior research scientist at the Shedd Aquarium. And he allowed if any shark could get into Lake Michigan, it would be a bull shark. It is able to control the salt and other compounds in its blood in order to maintain a balance with the water that's around it. Wow. And that enables it to move back and forth between freshwater and saltwater. So, yes, bull sharks can swim into freshwater. And we think they can stay there for several years, possibly. Years. Years. And just how far away from the ocean can a bull shark get? So the record that I know is in the Amazon where they found a bull shark a couple thousand miles away from the ocean. How far away from the ocean is Lake Michigan? I'm going to say 1,500 to 2,000 miles. So you're saying it's possible. It is possible. It's possible for a bull shark to make its way into Lake Michigan? Well, for scientists can never say anything's impossible. Yeah, 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 we get it. You're a scientist. The important point here? It's possible. But, as Mr. Spoil Sports scientist Willink points out, there are big obstacles. We know sharks have actually been as close as St. Louis. But from there, they'd have to swim another 300 miles and get past eight locks and dams, some of which a shark could get through no problem. Others, they'd have to wait for the lock to open and sneak through. Which brings us back to... Probably not. Boring. And consider, shark attacks make the news. And there's nothing, nothing in the Chicago Tribune, the Defender, nothing about a shark attack in the 1950s. Which makes me think... This is just another bull shark story. I want to be serious for a second. I really don't think you need to worry about sharks in the lake. But, as Dave Benjamin, the surfer, points out, nearly 50 people have drowned in Lower Lake Michigan in the past two years. And he thinks all the shark hype is a distraction. We get all these media attention to shark attacks around the world when more people are going to die drowning gets very little attention. And as more people are concerned about being eaten by a shark than actually having a drowning accident. So please, be safe out there. And if you see a shark, please, give me a call. <laughs> Reporting this week came from me, Jesse Dukes. Special thanks to Emily Charnock for Sharkival assistance. Thanks to Hilary Winars, who's ready to admit it's probably an urban legend. Curious City was founded by Jennifer Brandell, WBEZ, Air, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism.
Curious City on WBEZ is supported by Audible.com, which has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible is offering Curious City listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash Curious City and download a title and start listening on your iPhone, iPad, Kindle, Android device, Windows phone, or over 500 different MP3 devices. Audible suggests Curious City listeners may enjoy books about Chicago, like The Devil in the White City or Fire on the Prairie. That's at audiblepodcast.com slash Curious City. Next time on Curious City, the DeSable Museum's animatronic Harold Washington raises a question. Is a robot the right way to honor the former mayor? That's a tough line to walk, especially with the humans. Obviously, if you're not very realistic with the human, it can be somewhat disappointing and sometimes creepy. But at the same token, if it's ultra-realistic, <laughs> sometimes that can be very creepy to people. <laughs> That's next time on WBZ's Curious City.